a loss in the kingdom of God is a loss for the king. And it's a loss for all of those who are in the kingdom of God. I want to repeat it as the Holy Spirit wants me to. A loss in the kingdom of God is a loss for the king and it's a loss for all those who are in the kingdom of God. A gain in the kingdom of God is a gain for the king and it's a gain for all those who are in the kingdom of God. A gain in the kingdom of God is a gain for the king and it's a gain for all those who are in the kingdom of God. That's why it's very important to not be a stumbling block to anyone. And it's so important is not to stumble. Because when you stumble, you lose. And others lose. When you cause others to stumble, you lose. And those in the kingdom of God they also lose. I want to take you to a section that the Holy Spirit wants me to at this time. I didn't come here to give a message. God didn't tell me, go, I have a word for my people today. That's not how it happened. God told me to be here. But as the recap was over, God let me to pray and give the word very clearly because I asked the Lord for a second Lord should they do the recap and I heard very clearly the Holy Spirit say a loss in the kingdom of God is a loss for the king and it's a loss for my people and I knew God is speaking at that point. And he has a word for God's people. As I began giving God's word, the Holy Spirit wants me to take you to this passage and convey what God wants to convey to God's people at this hour. We're going to go into The book of Joshua, chapter 7. Joshua, chapter 7. And I'm going to read from verse 1 onwards. Joshua, chapter 7, from verse 1 onwards. But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed things. So the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. I want to read this three times. If you have your Bibles with you, 
want you to open your Bibles and read it. If you're not driving, if you're not rushing out the door. Joshua chapter 7 verse 1. But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed things. The anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. The Old Testament and in the New Testament. When sin enters into the camp of God. In the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Whether it's in the book of Joshua, whether it's in the book of Revelation. We will be going through the message of the Lord Jesus Christ to the seven churches in God's name. God has placed in my heart. But he has not told me to begin that yet. So I'm holding off of that. Whether it's a message from God the Father or God the Son or God the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament or in the New Testament, the message is the same. Anyone who comes to defile the kingdom of God or partner with God's enemies to defile the kingdom of God they kindle the wrath of God God's anger was kindled against his own people in the Old Testament the wrath of the Lord Jesus Christ the Lamb of God was kindled against the churches who played church. The churches who left their first love. The churches who thought they had God, but they did not. Against his very own people. Because they turned their backs on the living God. Or they have given an area to the enemy. If you give one area to the enemy, you've given yourself over to the enemy. Remember. You can say, well, 90% belongs to God, 10% belongs to Satan. No, it doesn't work that way. Well, I do something and and it's me and that pity party won't work in the kingdom of heaven because you're connected to the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. An infection in one part of the body is bound to affect the rest of the body. God is speaking to the hearts of the hours. Someone has stomach pain, they can't do anything. The entire body is halted. Someone has severe migraine, everything is halted. God looks at his people and he says, there's a problem here. There's a problem here. There's a problem here. What was the problem? Did the entire nation of God sin against God? 
Did the entire nation of God partner with Satan? No. They all went to war. They didn't go to fight for God. And they all went to fight to enter into the promised land for their own blessings. Nobody's doing a favor here. God is the one who's doing them a favor. By scouting throughout the earth and finding the most prosperous, beautiful place in all the earth to give to his people. He was so excited to give. The children of Israel counted the blessing of God as a curse and most of them did not inherit the promised land. They all died in the wilderness, though they left Egypt, having seen all the miracles with their own eyes. It was a tragedy. It was a tragedy that took place in the kingdom of God. A nation where the entire generation, except for two, fell away, fell into the trap of Satan. Satan did not want them to inherit the promised land, so he thought, okay, let me just go and bring discontentment, envy and pride and raise them up against the servant of God that God sent and placed over their lives. Caused them to speak against him and speak against God himself by speaking against him. Entire generation, except for two, fell away. But now, you see, their children are so close to inheriting everything that God had given them. After such a mighty victory, where this huge wall came down, where a family was once outside the camp of God, they were an abomination to God. Now they've become the people of God, Rahab's family. And they're going to the next city to conquer. you see there is a defeat suddenly the hand of God the very same hand of God that was there to give the victory gave them defeat because of this one man and his family When sin comes into one family, when sin comes into one person, it can hold back the work of God from moving forward. When one person partners with Satan, or a family partners with Satan, whatever it is, know this for sure, it can hold back, it can hold back the house of God from going forward. No matter how many prophecies God might have given, God spoke so much through Moses. The entire generation not only did not inherit that promise, the prophecy, except for two, but even their children, they all got defeated here at 
AI. Does it mean that God's promises are not true? Does it mean that God wasn't faithful to keep his word? Does it mean that Moses was a false prophet? Or his prophecies didn't come to pass? No, there was a problem here with the people of God. There was a problem here. The sin has entered in. I'm going to read further as the Holy Spirit wants me to before conveying what God wants me to convey this very moment. This body of the Lord Jesus Christ that God has placed here must be fully aware of the spiritual ways in which Satan can attack not only this local body, but this local body as a whole that can affect the universal body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Until we understand the depths of the connection that every believer has with the local body and the local body has that connection with the universal body of the Lord Jesus Christ. The work of God as a whole cannot move forward and the work of God in the local body of the Lord Jesus Christ will not go forward. But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things for Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed things, so the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. God was angry. The Bible says God is angry with the wicked every day. If someone says, God is only angry at the sin and not at the sinner, oh no, oh no, you're reading something else, not the Bible. God burned with anger against Goliath and he used David to bring him down. God was angry with Saul and he used a heathen to bring him down. God was angry with the circumcised and the uncircumcised. When the circumcised behave like the uncircumcised. As Jesus said, he allots their portion with the uncircumcised or the unbelievers. So someone comes and says, oh, God is not angry with the sinner. He's only angry with the sin. Which Bible are they reading? Is that a verse? Really? People make up stuff inspired by Satan. Then you have a whole generation or generation after generation spewing that venom that came from the pit of hell as if it's God's word. Does the Bible say that? The Bible says something very contrary to that. If you have children, relatives who live contrary to God's word. Know that they are under the wrath of God. They are under the wrath of God. Every day God's wrath is burning against them. And you need to be on your face before God. And say, oh God, have mercy upon them. Cause them to not partner with Satan. And cause them to change 
Cause them to turn from their wicked ways. Cause them to have their hearts softened because they have risen up against God Most High. If you're not for Him, then you're against Him. Every member of the family, whether it's father, mother, brother, sister, children, uncle, aunt, whoever it is, if they are not for Him, that means that they are not with Him doing the will of God. They are the enemies of God Almighty. And they are under the wrath of God. If you have people, family members, friends who have backslidden, know for sure that they are under the wrath of God. Don't try to encourage people in their sin and try to make them feel, oh, God still loves you, God still loves you. It's so sickening when that love of God is twisted. Where the anger of God is not conveyed. The wrath of God comes upon the children of disobedience. Children of disobedience. We need to underline that. I'm not making something up. Whatever I'm saying is from scriptures. Many, many sentences. You can just go to the Bible and you can get the reference for that. I'm simply stating scriptures here. Through the Holy Spirit. The wrath of God fell upon the nation of Israel because of this one man and his family who took what he should not have taken. He took that which was a curse and he brought it into the midst of the holy people of God. And he brought that curse inside. When you bring a curse inside your home, what will happen? What will happen? What does the curse do? It will destroy everything. It's like a person just going into a ward that has communicable diseases and bringing it home. As a result of that, Many of the family members die. Do you say that this person truly loves or cares about the family? No, they don't. These people are enemies of God. They bring communicable diseases, spiritual diseases, into the family of God, house of God. Anyone who partners with Lucifer. Anyone who is not with God, they are against God and they are agents of Satan. It's very important. When you partner with them, you will face defeat yourself. Ungodly alliances, you have to be very careful. Demonic sympathy, you have to be very careful. It will kill you and it will kill the work of God. Now Joshua sent 
men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avin, on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them, saying, Go up and spy out the country. So the men went up and spied out Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. Do not weary all the people there, for the people of Ai are few. So about three thousand men went up there from the people. But they fled before the men of Ai. The men of Ai struck down about thirty-six men, for they chased them from before the gate as far as Shibarim and struck them down on the descent. Therefore, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. What happened here? The people of Israel went and spied the land and they came and they said, Joshua, the place is small. The people are not that fierce and it's not hard for us to get this land. So don't have a lot of people come. Just about 3,000 people. They're enough. We don't need anything more than that because this is an easy thing. See that? You don't see them consulting with God here. They said, we won last time and uh, they are assessing. When God told Moses and Joshua to send spies to spy the land, and they brought the word of God to him, to Joshua, it's a whole different thing. When God says, when you rely on God, you just come and tell God, this is how it is. And the servant of God who is led by God will say, let's do this. The plan for Jericho came from God. The plan for Jericho came from God. From sending out the spies to returning, to marching around, and to overthrowing Jericho. God was there. God led the battle. Over here, they said, this is just a piece of cake. We can get it done. No big deal. They all went, relying on their own strength, as if the past victory was won through their own might. How foolish. How foolish. And these 3,000 people go. But they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai struck down about 36 men. For they chased them from before the gate as far as Shebarim. And struck them down on the descent. Before the eyes of the people of Ai who were not the people of God, the people of God fled 
Why? Where was their God? Definitely not there. Definitely not there. Definitely not there. Now their hearts melted. It's full of fear and anxiety. We can't be here. The people who said that a two thousand or three thousand, that's enough maximum. Now they are full of fear and anxiety. They are defeated. You have loss where you should not have had any loss. You have shame where you should have had gladness and victory. Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. And this should have happened before. Seeking God should have happened before they set out to go to Ai. Every time you do anything, make sure you're in the will of God. Make sure you know the heart of God. Make sure you know that you're doing what God wants you to do. Well, I went here, I did that, and God gave victory, so I'm going here again. We can pray our own prayers and go and face defeat. Because God says, I'm not in this. I'm not hearing you. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Says God's word. So what about those prayers? Well, it's just self-deception. We just pray to ourselves. He's not hearing it. So what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to go to God, fall on your face before God, and find out what went wrong. And if you know what went wrong, then fix it. Without fixing it, there's no going forward. Without mending our ways, our Maker will not go before us, even if it is a promise for the month of December, without mending our ways before God Almighty. Without fixing that went wrong, our Maker will not go before us. This is the word of God Almighty. If you want God to straighten the crooked ways, you need to straighten that which is crooked in your life first. If you want the promises of God to be fulfilled in your life, then you have to be a worthy vessel that's worthy of that promise coming to pass in your life. Very important. It doesn't magically happen. Now you face a big defeat. The Holy Spirit says, don't wait for this to happen. Don't wait for this to happen if Joshua would have gone ahead of time and sought the Lord. God would have said, I'm not with you, Joshua. I'm not with the people of God. Don't go for this battle. Fix this. Remove the cursed thing out of you and let the people repent. Then I'll go with you. Then there's reproach for God and reproach for the kingdom of God and this loss for the kingdom of God would not have happened. Joshua assumed 
but everything went well for this people. That everybody is walking with God. He assumed that. There's no traitor in the camp who is partnering with Satan. On every level, when there's a progress, when there's a push from the Holy Spirit, Satan will look to see, who can I use, who can I touch, who can I defile, so that I can stop the work of God from going forward. So they can all keep circling in the wilderness or face defeat. And what God said is halted, it's not happening. Why? Why? Because there's an enemy inside. Who's that? Or the one who's partnered with Lucifer. Well, they have stuff from Lucifer. Can you bring that into the kingdom of God and expect the kingdom of God to go forward? Or has the leaven, little leaven, leaven it the whole lump? That curse will spread throughout the camp and cause more casualties. And God says, I'll stop right here. And I need to convey that I'm angry over my people because I am angry who can face the wrath of God who can face the wrath of God it is so important to fix that went wrong it's so important to fix that which went wrong it is so important so important So now Joshua is seeking God here and the elders are with him. They're all before the ark of the Lord prostrate on the ground until evening. So from morning till evening they're there. He and the elders of Israel and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all? To deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us all that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. O oh Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns its back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us and cut off our name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? What happened to Joshua here? Why did Joshua's prayer become like this? What happened to him? See what happened? If that sharpness is not there, then even the God you know suddenly becomes a stranger to you. Is the God he knew. He knew how faithful this God was. Why would he do such a thing? Why would this God do such a thing? This is the God who went out of his way and brought Moses, who was not even there. Moses was living a pretty good life in Midian. He didn't have to come and put up with his headache with a stiff-necked people day and night. He had to face Pharaoh and he has to face his own people who are ready to kill him very often. 
Moses didn't have to come and suffer. But he made a choice a long time ago, even when he was very young. He chose to suffer with the people of God. And who are these people? Stiff-necked people. Stiff-necked stiff neck against God. No matter how much God loved, and no matter how much God showed His love, no matter how many miracles God showed, these are people who turn their backs on the living God. Very frequently. They always say, Lord, we are with you. We will do whatever you say. Oh, Lord God Almighty, you are our God. And we will not serve the God of the Amorites on the very next day. They turn their backs on the living God and go after, go whoring after the gods of the Canaanites. Carrying Egypt in their hearts. God had to put up with them for 40 years how patient he was. No wonder God's word says he is slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. The entire nation of Israel was affected by the spirit to the extent that the entire generation died except for two who did not let that get to them. Joshua made it all the way here. And what happened, Joshua, here? What happened, Joshua? How were you praying this prayer? Suddenly, you're asking God, why would you do this such a thing? What will people think as if God doesn't know? Is this God's character? The way Joshua's praying? Is this who our God is? What's going to happen to her name and what's going to happen to your name? As if God's name depends on our name, even though it does a little bit. He overthrew his people, gave them into the hands of the Babylonians, gave them into the hands of the Romans, gave them into the hands of the Assyrians. Because they were defiling his name. And he said, I'll give you over to the heathen. Because I don't want you corrupting my name. God's name is glorified and will forever be glorified. But your failure will affect you. It will affect the kingdom of God. It will bring reproach to the name of God. That God will not allow you to bring blemish to himself. Because you're attached with him. Your sin comes in. It enters into the camp of God and becomes a large plague. And God said, I'm not going to let the show continue. I halt right here. And I halt the people right here. I'm not going forward. And they went happily. Happily they went to... AI without God going with them. Samson got up one day and he said that I'm going. I'll defeat the enemies just like he did last time. But he wished not that God or the Spirit of God had departed from him. A very serious thing. The worst place for someone who once upon a time was a believer to be in. 
Because if you're a real believer, God won't depart from you. God is speaking at this hour. Falling away happens by degrees and you have to be very careful. You have to be very careful. Who is Joshua praying like this? Why have you brought these people over Jordan at all to deliver us into their hands? Is this why God brought them? Then God shall give every piece of this land to you. What is Joshua praying? What is Joshua praying? Something went wrong here. Something went wrong here. Something is wrong with this picture here. But all of a sudden, he's feeling frustrated because the people of God were defeated. Is God responsible for the defeat? When the God is for their victory and he's wanting to give them the victory and God feels upset over the defeat because that was not God's plan for his people. Just because Joshua is upright before God and he is walking with God doesn't mean that everything was well with the nation, the people of God. He didn't have the discernment at that point. To see someone did something wrong. The fault can never be with God. It's with the people. Instead of going and asking God, Lord, where did we go wrong? He's over here. Talking to God. And telling Him. Why did you do this to us? What's going to happen to us and what's going to happen to you? We have to understand, our God is very patient, but it's very dangerous. It's pray prayers like these. Especially people who are in the New Testament who has God's word in their hands. Very frequently going and wailing and saying negative things to God in the me-centered prayers. What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen in my future? And I feel this way and I feel... Stop yourself and tell yourself, shut up. Sit down. God is good. Something goes wrong, check yourself and ask God, Lord, I know you're always good. What is happening here? Can you show me, Lord? It is important to understand the character of God and it's important to understand that He never makes a mistake. He's always for His people. So the Lord said to Joshua, Get up. Why do you like dust on your face? Such a good God. Me is upset here. He says, get up first. Why are you like this? Whining here. And praying a prayer like this. That's what that line says in short. Israel has sinned. They have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. For they have even taken some of the accursed things and have brought and have both stolen and deceived. And they have also put it among their own stuff 
Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies because they have become doomed to destruction. When does God's people become doomed for destruction? When? When they violate their covenant with God. Always remember this. Always remember this. When you break your vow to God, it's not a light thing. You open a big door for failure. Don't say, ah, I'll say sorry to Jesus tomorrow. While the enemy will come and whip you until you're not able to get up. Don't say, it's not a big deal. Yeah, I promise God. But don't take your covenant with God and your commitment to God lightly. If you've uttered anything from your mouth to God Almighty, make sure you do it. Otherwise, failure will be at your door. And you're going out, you will fail, and you're coming, and you will fail. This is the truth. But to a person who is faithful to God, who keeps his or her covenant with God, victory after victory after victory is for sure. Joshua was not in presumptuous sin. He was doing everything he should do before God, and he was shocked at the defeat. And he went to God and he said, Why did you do this, Lord? Why do? And he was brought to this lie of the enemy to accuse God instead of finding what was wrong. Why did God, why didn't God grant them the victory? So God says here, get up you. Enough of what you said. I'll show you what's wrong here. Because you're not able to see, obviously. And God shows himself as God here. And he says, look over here. Look at your peoples. Look what they did. They have broken their covenant with me. And they've disobeyed my commandments. They've even boldly taken the cursed things. And they've stolen and they've deceived. And they've taken those stolen items and they've put it amongst their own things. Such corruption has come into the camp of Israel. So God is no longer there. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand. This is why. This is why. It's not that. God brought them halfway and he couldn't fulfill the promise. This is why they couldn't stand before the enemies because God was not with them. This is why. They brought curse inside and God left. But they turned their backs before their enemies because they had become doomed to be destroyed or to destruction when will failure come 
When will failure come? When you bring cursed things into your home. When will failure come? When you bring that which is not of God, which is of the enemy into your home. When will you face defeat? When Lucifer is allowed to enter into your home, then you face defeat. When will you face defeat? When will we be doomed for destruction? When we break our covenant with God. When we bring stuff from the enemy. When we bring curse into our homes. Know where you stand. Know whose side are you in. You want the blessings of God? Make sure you stay there. And don't bring any cursed things into your home, into your midst. Because this, they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed from among you. What is God saying? What's God saying? He's talking about who? He's talking about his people. He's talking about his people who have become vile, deceptive, have broken their covenant, have lied, deceived, and brought the cursed thing with them into the camp of the Lord. Because of that, the whole family of God is defeated. Now God says, I will not be with you. Until you put away that which you brought in. And put away those who brought that in. Very important. You put away that which you brought in and you put away those who brought this cursed thing inside. That's what you call purification or sanctification. Sanctification is not, Lord, sanctify me, sanctify my motives, sanctify my body, sanctify my spirit. And just pray. Pray for sanctification and not do a thing. People know how to clean their tables and their countertops with Lysol or whatever, whatever it is. Some use Lysol and some don't use Lysol because they're chemicals. We don't endorse any product here. The bottom line is something to kill the virus and the bacteria is used. Nobody says, oh, well, virus, you're a living thing too. How can I part with you? We're all in the universe. We're all in the and we're all living together. The Bible says, Thou shalt not kill. So I will not kill you. It will kill you. People are keen on doing those things. Go wash your hands. For some people, ten times. Because they're so scared. For some people, they don't care. They don't wash their hands. They carry diseases and they give it to a whole bunch of people. And they look at everybody as if, what did I do? God is speaking to us today. Know where you go, what zone you enter in, what territories you step into, and what spirits you allow into yourself, into your life, into your family. 
that's keeping you in a state that is doomed for destruction. Deceit. We can say, Lord, why is it happening? 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 All the heathen are blaspheming. Why is it happening? Why is it happening? Why is it happening? God will say, get up you and see what you're doing. See what you're doing. Fix what you need to fix. Because if this continues, defeat will continue because I'm not in it. And I'm not with it. This is the word from the Lord God Almighty. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed from among you. This includes Joshua too. God is giving this command to Joshua. Hey Joshua, you came out of Egypt. You became one of those two who made it out of the wilderness into the promised land. You even saw the victory of Jericho. You know what? Everything can stop right here. I, the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, who brought you through the Red Sea and brought you safely out of the wilderness and gave you victory in Jericho, will no longer be with you. Think about that statement. Those who stand, take heed, lest he fall, says the Spirit of God Almighty. Don't take your past victories for granted. Oh, God was with me here. God was with me there. I have a testimony here. I have a testimony there. Well, yesterday I had a victory there. I'll make sure that he's with you every single day. Your past victories cannot take you into your future victories if God is not in it because God is the one who gives us the victory. Get up. Sanctify the people. And say, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. Because thus says the Lord God of Israel. There is an cursed thing in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. There's this curse that is there. There's this curse that is bringing defeat to the people of God. As long as this is there, you're not going to overcome. You're not going to go forward. Don't fall on your face before God and cry and say, Oh God, why is this happening? And This is a trial. Oh, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. Don't call disobedience trial. Do not equate disobedience, rebellion, sin. And call it a trial. Don't equate it to a trial. No. No. We have to be very careful. We, as God's people, should be very careful. Do what God has called you to do. And do it with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. If you want God to be with you, you need to be with God. Get up, sanctify the people. 
So that's, that's the work for Joshua. That's the work that God is doing this morning through God's servant here. Sanctifying the people of God. And then, the people of God, they need to sanctify themselves. It's important. It's important. It's not like a priest coming and sprinkling some holy water on the people and they just go home and do whatever they want to know. The Spirit of God through the servant of God will sanctify the people of God through His Word. After you receive the Word that is able to sanctify you, what are you supposed to do? You need to act on it to sanctify yourself. You do what you have to do. Put away that cursed thing from among you. Stop doing what you're doing that is bringing defeat in your life. God is speaking at this hour. Don't look at God and say, Well, Lord, you gave this promise at the beginning of the year and it didn't happen and so maybe next year it'll happen and maybe the following year it'll happen and maybe, you know, whatever it is, but I'm really miserable because, well, if you lose it because you have an Achan in your midst, the problem is not with God, it's with you. For some people, it could be a real trial and God's appointed time has been set in his calendar for another date and for another time. But for many, what God says, this is the season. And you forfeit it because and Achan is there because cursed things are there. Because there's heavy compromise there. Because there's deception there. Because there's lying there. Because there is Satan's stuff there. Within the camp of God, which is defiling the people of God. God is no longer there. That is why the defeat is there. And God says, I want you to get the victory. And because I want you to get the victory, I'm telling you what you need to do. Get up. Sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. Because thus says the Lord God of Israel. There is a cursed thing in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. What are you supposed to do? Go and examine yourself. What has brought the defeat? There will always be a pattern to show. Something was missed. Something was let in. Something is happening. And that's why the defeat has happened. It's just simply wailing every single time. You need to look at the pattern, track and see what happened. Every time it could be something different. But the principle is the same. The defeat is happening because of the same principle, which is letting Satan in every single time. Whichever form or shape it may be, God is speaking at this hour. It is important to look at ourselves and look at what's happening to see where the defeat is coming from. Because God is not a God who has promised defeat for his people. He's promised victory for his people. As simple as it may sound for many people, what they need to do 
They simply will not do. Don't complicate that which is very simple. God says, get up and see what went wrong. He didn't say, well, take a whole week to think about it. No, he says, tomorrow. But tomorrow this needs to get done. God is conveying the urgency of it if you want to win. Otherwise, you're going to get defeated again. First of all, sanctify yourself. Repent before God. Purify yourself. And then put away whatever evil that was there. Put away. Put away. Put away. God will not be speaking what He has spoken again and again and again. It's a principle that the Spirit of God lays before His people. We need to be honest enough to see ourselves in the light of God's Word and to have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is speaking every single time. If you want victory every single time. There is a cursed thing in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the cursed thing from among you. You want to win? You want to have victory? Do you want the prophecies that God has spoken over your life to come to pass? Remove that which is an abomination to God from among your midst. Whatever curse you brought in, make sure you get it out. And keep it out. Make sure it is no part with you and you have no part with it. God is speaking at this hour. In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought according to your tribes. And it shall be that the tribe which the Lord takes shall come according to the families. And the family which the Lord takes shall come by households. And the household which the Lord takes shall come man by man. What a waste of time here. What a waste of time for God Almighty to come and do all these things here. If whoever did whatever they should have done, then the defeat wouldn't have been here and this whole process of wasting God's time wouldn't have been here. However, they need to move forward. So God is doing something to fix the problem here. You open the door to the devil, the devil is sitting happily. And what does the devil do? Steal, kill, and destroy. He'll sit right in your midst and give you headache after headache after headache after headache. Steal, kill, and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy until you get the destroyer out. That's what God is here to do. What does light have with darkness? What does God's people have with people who serve Satan? What fellowship has a believer with an unbeliever? What fellowship? God is speaking to our hearts this morning, our. He says, bring them out tribe by tribe family by family let them come out the household which the Lord takes shall come man by man every single one has to come in short they have to come out and stand before God Almighty 
Then it shall be that he who is taken with the accursed thing shall be burned with fire. He and all that he has because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord. And because he has done a disgraceful thing in Israel. What a disgraceful thing it is. When God has given so much, he's going to Satan and says, I like your stuff, Lucifer. And I'm going to take it and I'm going to bring it into the camp of God. And I'm going to keep it there, Lucifer. By bringing his stuff, you just brought the devil in. It's a disgraceful thing. It's a disgraceful thing. It's a disgraceful thing. It brought defeat to God's people. God is speaking to a heart today. Because he transgressed the covenant of God. Make sure you keep your covenant. Make sure you don't partner with those who break their covenant with God. Otherwise, defeat will be your portion. None of God's promises will come to pass in your life. None. And as a result of that, the house of God will be held back going forward. God is sanctifying His people at this hour. As God has brought us to the last month of this year. He's given so many promises because He wants to do so many things. But there's a leanness that comes upon the people of God who bring in corrupt, defiled spirits. God is speaking at this hour. He says, part with it. Part with it so that my people can go forward. You part with it. Part with it. So that you can go forward. So Joshua rose early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes and the tribe of Judah was taken. Think about this, how Joshua would have felt. What a fool I was. To go to God and say, why did you bring me halfway? Why did you bring me over here? And Why did you bring our people over here? And, and look what the other people are going to. Hey, we need to have some kind of care for God. He bore us upon his shoulders and carried us all these years. What will the heathen say is secondary? What a pain for God. What a pain for God. What a pain for God. How much God did for His people. A defeat for us is a defeat for the kingdom of God. And it's a defeat for the king. Oh... What a tragedy when we become contributors for the defeat in the kingdom of God. You should make sure that you are seeking God sincerely. No double game, two-facedness should be there. Don't dilly-dally between heaven and hell. God who sees Everything, the very same God who saw Achan, 
and his family. Seize every. This is the time where God sanctifies his church. Lord, where are your promises? Where are the things that you spoke to us? Oh God, you said this, 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 this. While well, he's done, a lot of those things, if not most of them or all of them, in the lives of those who have been faithful to God. I'm going to draw the line and I will have no fellowship with the deeds of darkness and with the workers of darkness. I need to draw the line. Those who work for Satan, they are more bold. Those who work for Satan, they stand up for what they believe and who they serve. Shame on God's people when they compromise. Meanwhile, those who serve Satan, they don't compromise. They stand their ground. But God's people are so quick to compromise. So quick to compromise. The children of Israel shamelessly went after the gods of the Amorites. They went after the gods of the Canaanites. You don't see all the Canaanites being influenced by the children of Israel and all of them became people of God. No. But these people started having idols in their homes. Why? Why? Because they had Fellowship with darkness. And God said, stay away. I've set you apart because you bring defilement in or you go into defilement, you'll be defiled. They didn't listen. They went where they shouldn't. They brought in what they shouldn't. As a result of that, their spiritual vision was gone. The eyesight became dim. If you can't see, how will you know what's wrong with you? You can have a whole bunch of things. You can't see anything. How can you clean? You can't. As for God is speaking, he says, don't lose your vision. Don't be presumptuous and don't lose your vision. Once you lose your vision, you'll become like an angel. Everything looks good. I look good. Everyone looks good. What's wrong? This pastor all the time talks about this. That's what Satan will say. Because he doesn't want you to be sanctified. He doesn't want you to obtain the victory. Makes you blind and he makes you deaf. That's what Jesus said. This. He who has ears, let him hear. If your ears are working then you can hear. You don't lose the privilege that God has given, which is the privilege to hear. Having ears is good, but if it's not working, what's the point? You can have a nice, beautiful car parked in your driveway, but if there's nothing inside, no engine, no nothing, what's the point? God has not called us for defeat. God has called us for victory. God has not called us for defeat. God has called us for victory. He has called us to be more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. Why are we here? Why are we here? 
We're here to overcome. We're here to build the kingdom of God. We're here to expand the territory that God has given to us. To possess the gates of our enemies. How can we possess the gates of the enemy if we have some sort of league with the enemy? May God help us. So Joshua rose early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes. And the tribe of Judah was taken. He brought the clan of Judah and he took the family of the Zarhites. And he brought the family of the Zarhites man by man and Zabdi was taken. Then he brought his household man by man and Achan the son of Carmi the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. Now Joshua said to Achan, My son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession to him and tell him, Now, what you have done, do not hide it from me. What is Joshua doing here? Joshua by now knows who took it. Because God is standing with Joshua, filtering the people out to bring out to the open that which was hidden. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord. Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel. And this is what I have done. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver, and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them. And there, they are hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with a silver under it. What is Achan doing? Achan is saying, well, I have this cursed thing with me. I'm confessing now. What is Achan trying to do? Achan is trying to wiggle his way out. This should have been done way before. He should not even gone near. But he's waiting until... Everything is exposed. Until he's fully cornered and at this point he cannot say, well, I didn't do anything and he can stand as if he didn't do anything. This is the man who's seen the hand of God. This is the man who's seen the wall of Jericho come down. He had this much nerve to break his covenant with God and to covet what the enemy had what a shameful thing what a disgrace God says, what a disgrace what a disgrace there are people who will say well I have no choice because this is my only avenue well I have no choice this is how I have to live I have no choice. I have to partner with these people in order to survive. Shame on you. 
Because your eyes are not on the Lord. Your eyes are on Satan to be your provider. Well, that's the only way to do. Well then, defeat will be at your door. Then there are others who say, well, they don't have anyone other than me and they depend on me. Well, Satan depends on you. Satan will use anything and everything to keep you in a state of deceit. Well, people of Satan are very strong. They say, we will do this. We will be immoral. We will hate God. We will have nothing to do with God. You know what? They have more character than the people of God in many ways. They know how to stand strong for their stinking belief system. It comes from hell that carries the stench of Lucifer. But you have the people of God who just quiver and tremble before ungodly people. They quiver and tremble. They have no spine, no backbone to stand up for what they believe. This is why Jesus said that the children of this world are wiser than you. Why? Serpent uses them to cause the people of God to fall and hold back the house of God from going forward. The more the people of God compromise, the more they compromise, the more, the more they let down God. Let me tell you, no salvation will take place, no deliverance will take place. Defeat will be at the door. We can't try to get victory for God by doing things against God that God hates. In order for us to get victory, we need to have God by our side. Wherever you go, ask this question, is God with you? Whichever place you go to, ask this question, is God with you? Whoever you're communicating with, whatever you're talking and whoever you're talking to, is God with you? If He's with you, if you know that He's with you, that you walk, you talk, your mannerisms, your conduct, your affiliations, your associations are of Him, that He has led you and He is there with you. And every time you go into a place that you're bringing God there and godliness is flourishing and ungodliness is stopping, then you are gaining ground. You are having victory. If not, you are in a state of defeat, bringing defeat in into your life on every single level. God is speaking at this hour. God is speaking at this hour. The Holy Spirit is speaking. God, the Holy Spirit, is speaking at this hour. What do you have with darkness? What do you have with Achan? What do you have with those who have defiled themselves with Babylonian garments, who have gone whoring after this world? What do you have with them? What do you have with them? Why are they in your midst? Why are you in their midst? What do you have with them? 
What do you have with them? As long as you have Aiken in the midst, you will face defeat. This is the word from God Almighty. After God spoke to Joshua, Joshua is doing this work of sanctification and he's bringing tribe by tribe and finally Achan is brought out by God Almighty through Joshua. Now Achan had no choice. Achan has been cornered. It's very important for us to understand that a defeat for the people of God is a defeat for the kingdom of God. It's a defeat for every one in the kingdom of God. And it's a defeat for you. So Joshua sends messengers and they ran to the tent and there it was, hidden in his tent with the silver under it. And they took them from the midst of the tent, brought them to Joshua and to all the children of Israel and laid them out as then before Joshua, before the Lord. Was God standing there in all his glory and all the angels there? He was there. Through Joshua standing there. The anointing of God that was upon Joshua is God himself. Everything was laid out and laid out before God Almighty. God was there. What happens? What happens? The sanctification process takes place. Then Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had. And they brought them to the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. So all Israel stoned him with stones, and they burned them with fire. After they had stoned them with stones. You see the weight of sin here? Do you see the importance of sanctification here? Without doing this, it's not going forward. You have more people dying. In this case, only the people who did what they did deserved the punishment. Because of them, all of them got defeated. Many people lost their lives. They fled before these ungodly people. And their hearts melted like water. That much anxiety, that much fear. They ran for their lives because of Achan and his family. Why did God have to take him and his family, not just him? Obviously, all of them knew what happened. All of them partnered with him. All those who partnered with him and brought curse upon God's people and defeat upon God's people had to be removed. Our God is a just God. Doesn't matter who they are. 
all of them had to be removed. Only then. Once the defilement is gone, then healing happens. Then victory happens. Then they raised over him a great heap of stones, still there to this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. What anger? Fierceness of his anger. This God who is slow to anger when he gets angry is not a good thing. That means you really pushed him so far. You really pushed him to the maximum. Only when you truly repent will the anger of God be removed. Only when you truly remove the curse of thing from among you, the anger of the Lord will be removed. We have to know this. Why did Ananias and Sapphira had to die? Why? Because they had to be removed. What they do? Lied and deceived. Never think lying is a small thing. Never think deception is a small thing. It's a great sin against God. All those who lie and make a lie will all take, will all have their part in the lake of fire, God's word says. Will all be partakers of the second death. Because Satan is the father of lies and they belong to him. When you lie, you show yourself to be a child of the devil. Understand that. Lying is not a light thing. Any form of lying, which includes exaggeration, because that is a lie. Anytime you exaggerate, it's not true. It's not the truth. Anytime you exaggerate, you're lying and you're deceiving. Not a good thing. The Bible says lying lips are an abomination to God. I've told this before and I will tell it again. As the Holy Spirit wants me to. Don't lie when you give testimonies. Don't exaggerate when you give testimonies. Because exaggeration is lying and deception. Because of human frailties, you may forget dates or mix up months or mix up some facts. Unknowingly. God understands that. But really make something look like it is when it is not. And to say that I want to just have a good testimony and while you are speaking you just go on and on. You're exaggerating the facts. At that point you're lying and you're deceiving. Because you're giving a distorted image of what actually happened. God is not in it. Even if you do it for God, He's not in it. He's not in deception. He's not in lying. How can you use Satan's tools to bring anything for God? It's an abomination. God says it's an abomination. You think you brought the silver and gold into my camp? Get rid of that cursed thing right now. God is speaking at this hour. 
The fear of the Lord has to be the foundation of peace in the life of every Christian. Be true to God. Do yourself a favor by being true to yourself. Every single member in the body of the Lord Jesus Christ is knit together. When one gets diseased, it affects everyone. God is speaking this hour. Whatever aching you have in your life, whatever it may be, whatever the Holy Spirit is speaking, Make sure you have nothing to do with it. Make sure. Make sure. If you want to have God's victory, then make sure you do what you should do. Otherwise, you'll be wasting God's time, wasting His resources, and bringing shame upon the living God and shame upon the people of God. And holding back every victory that God has for God's people. God is speaking to us today. If you have a pattern of breaking your covenant with God, take it very seriously. It's not a light thing. Take it very seriously. You've opened the door for defeat to stay in front of your house. No matter what prophecy, no matter what promise, no matter what prayer has been offered, it's not going to take you into victory because you're a covenant breaker. God is speaking at this hour. We're going to close as the Holy Spirit wants me to. As we pray. Let there be a forward momentum by letting go of every cursed thing that you need to let go. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't he wonderful, wonderful, wonderful? Isn't Jesus, my Lord, wonderful? Eyes have seen, ears have heard, it's recorded in His Word. Isn't Jesus, my Lord, wonderful? Eyes have seen, ears have heard, it's recorded in His Word. Isn't Jesus, my Lord, wonderful? If God gave you victory in Egypt, and he should be giving you victory in the desert. If God gave you victory in the desert, then he should be giving you victory in AI. Every place that God has for us, we are meant to conquer that, not to be conquered by it. If you're being conquered by something, then something is wrong with that picture there. Even in the midst of affliction when the people of God were within the will of God, they thrived. They thrived. Nothing could stop them from flourishing. Nothing. That's how Moses came into existence. 
In the midst of that heathen, demonic law, Moses still came into existence. Nothing could stop the people of God. Nothing could stop Moses' parents from doing the will of God. Yes, the law was there. Yes, the situation was unfavorable. Oh, but they did the will of God. They thrived, they thrived, they thrived, and they thrived. And this man of God, Moses, did mighty exploits for God Almighty. Because his parents were parents who feared God, who loved God, who were people of faith. God is speaking at this hour. It's time to examine yourself in the presence of God. Who are you living for? Ask yourself this question. Who are you living for? Who are you living for? Who are you living for? What is your purpose? Many times we say I'm living for Jesus, but that's not the truth. Because the actions completely contradict what we say. Jesus said, Oh, these people, they praise me out of their lips, but their hearts are far away from God. God is looking for people whose hearts are loyal towards Him. Such people will be taken by God, handpicked by God, to be used mightily for God in the days, years to come. Be faithful to God. God is looking for those whose hearts are loyal towards Him. How can you say I'm loyal towards God if you're a covenant breaker? If you can't keep what you have committed to God, how can God trust you with anything? Where's the fear of God? Where's the fear of God? Fear yourself and fear man and and go after your comfort more than you fear God. Where's the fear of God? Is God your Lord? Take some time in the presence of God. If God is the Lord, and He's the Lord of your life, then serve Him. God is looking for people. ready to do whatever God wants them to do by showing God the character that God is looking for thank you Jesus praise you Father thank you Lord for this time that you gave to us in the presence of God God spoke and we heard God spoke and we heard our God Almighty spoke and we heard. Our God Almighty spoke and we heard. Hallelujah. Our God Almighty spoke and we heard. Hallelujah. Our God Almighty spoke and we heard. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, as you have given this word this morning through your servant to sanctify this house of God, I pray, may your people do their part in sanctifying themselves. 
that every Aiken and every evil thing that is not of you may depart from their lives, O God. So that we may obtain the victory that you have for us. I bless your people with this blessing. As your servant standing in the presence of God, before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God, I bless your people this morning with this blessing. That they may have eyes to see and ears to hear. That they may have utter sincerity deep within their hearts to examine themselves in the presence of God and have God examine themselves. So that there be no aching in their hearts, in their spirits, in their minds, in their bodies, in their homes. That they may uproot everything that needs to be uprooted. That every defeat that is at their doorstep may leave. That they may walk hand in hand with the King of Kings, who is the great I Am. And take their place in the kingdom of God and be a blessing to the King. I thank you for doing this. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen.